Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, April 5th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And we have a big Monday here, Coach. It's NCAA Championship Night in college. It's Masters Week. And oh, by the way, we have a seven-game NBA DFS slate. Hey, and, and what about a little baseball sure. in there, Sure. How about a little Monday baseball first full week of the season? We've got everything going. It is a blast, man. We had so much fun this weekend and, uh, you know, had wins in, in all three of the major sports, uh, obviously basketball, baseball, and golf. And, uh, you know, just a fun week. We had our second uh, weekly meeting on Saturday with our members. Great time there. Super insight from a bunch of our folks there. So great to hear from all the wave off and and uh, Godfather of Gaines and the whole crew. And by the way, you mentioned uh, the NCAA finals. Do you know that we already have a winner yes. without even having to win this championship game? Yes. Mr. B. Jordan, congratulations for winning the first annual Coach Talk NCAA bracket challenge. That's right. And JP Wild coming in second, and you didn't quite finish it off, so you did doff your cap there at the appropriate time when you were in the lead, but we knew that it was <laughs> unlikely to finish it out. But, oh, by the way, how about Saturday night, that second semifinal game? What Classic. an incredible game. One and, of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That was a lot of fun to watch. That was amazing. I It just was so many twists and turns. It was a fun, fun game. Definitely the reason why you, you love, you know, the NCAA March Madness stuff. So, yeah, I was, I took, at least I took my two, two minutes of fame there and I was up there for a while, That's but, right. uh, but you know, I was, I was fired up for those guys and, and JP wild, man, there you go. Four contests in a row. He's, he's come out with prizes. So he's still the, the master, uh, game player of, of every, of all of our members, no doubt about it, but Absolutely. no, no reason to take the shine off B Jordan. Cause that's, that's still a great win. This was a, a crazy tournament to pick other than Gonzaga, you know? Right, so. and, and the, the great thing about tonight in terms of the schedule is that the NBA has a really heavy front-loaded schedule with all these yeah. 7 o'clock games and only one 8 o'clock game so that they'll almost all be done uh, You know, when the NCAA tournament really gets picked up for that championship game. And I love this slate with all, all the news that we'll get right before the first six games to be able to sort everything out at, at the same time, so... Let's get after here, Coach, with the seven games. We only have four teams involved in a back-to-back and only yeah. one game over 230, which I'll get to describe here. Finally, I get a good matchup in that Sacramento-Minnesota <laughs> game, but you get to start us with, what, Washington and Toronto? Yeah, that's an interesting game. I mean, you know, and I agree with you. I love the fact that we'll have all this news. We won't have to be sweating through the night to make a bunch of swaps, so this will be pretty cool. But it is uh, Toronto's a four-and-a-half-point favorite, first night of a back-to-back. At home, if you will, in Tampa, if that's what you want to call home. Nice number here, Andrew, 228 and a half. Other than that monster game you have uh, here in the slate, uh, this is probably the second best from the total standpoint. But we need the key news. There's the two key guys in this game that are questionable are Bradley Beal and Fred Van Vliet. I mean, those that swings the entire uh, you know, outlook of this game, you know, two key players that the top score for Toronto uh, or second and then same top score in the NBA with Beal. So uh, hopefully we will get that news beforehand. I'm sure we will. And that'll, you know, really have a, a and a, how much we stack this game or not is going to be determined on that. Uh, as far as pace, you got to love it. First for Washington, still Toronto's 12th. So they are playing faster. Defensively, Washington's 26th, which, uh, you know, we know we've targeted their, their games. Toronto is 12th, which is respectable, um, but not phenomenal uh, by any stretch. So, you know, we uh, along with Beal news uh, being questionable, we know that Hashimura is out. So that's news that just came up a bit ago that was posted by one of our good members uh, in our main chat. And, you know, that those 40 minutes that he's been playing almost are, are huge minutes that have to go elsewhere. Last game, a lot of them went to Advia and Bertans and, you know, a little bit uh, 
with Matthews, but you know there there's a lot of minutes there and usage to be had. Uh, certainly, Hashimura has become Westbrook's sort of running mate, so uh, that will will break out. And then, uh, other than Van Vliet, uh, Hood is out for Toronto. So uh, right now, like I say, you know, as you look at it, if Beal's out, Westbrook's the play. I mean, you know, no kidding, uh, that's what we've been doing. And it hasn't really failed us yet. One time he barely made it, but still the potential for blow up there with Westbrook uh, without Beal is is huge. Um, and then without Van Vliet on the Toronto side, if he doesn't play, I think you have to go to Pascal Siakam. I mean, he's a, a you know a big handler of the ball, and you know they run a lot of plays for him. They clear out the side. And so, you know, with the usage that's spread out when Van Vliet's out, and we know Lowry's still out, um, then Siakam is is really the guy. So it's pretty easy for me. I mean, I'm not eliminating either Westbrook or Siakam, even if Beal and Van Vliet are in, but they're 100% lock and load, uh, 100% ownership and cash and GPPs if those other two guys are out. And then, you know, as far as value here, Although he's not super cheap any, anymore, OG Ananobi's been really solid. And I don't know if it's, you know, picking up some of the extra usage with Lowry out and Powell now traded. But, you know, he's just consistently hitting the glass. He's consistently uh, even scoring, which was, you know, something he was the, the one thing he wasn't doing as much because, you know, he's going to get some steals and an occasional block. So, Ananobi's definitely in play for me. Boucher, if he starts, is going to be very popular because, you know, he when he gets run, he does well. So, I mean, it looks like you never know with Nurse, though. There is a little fear there that all of a sudden Boucher has one of his 18-minute games. But I believe that it looks as though, you know, he's penciled into the starting lineup. He started the last game. Um, and I think, you know, he's, he could have a, a good one here. His price is just average, but it's worth looking at. And then, uh, the last guy on Washington side, Denny Advia, you know, he had uh, like 21 fantasy points in the last game, uh, you know, but his minutes are up and he rebounds. Well, he's a big dude. If he just can knock down a few more shots, his percentage is bad. Um, you know, I think he'll be okay. So with Hashimura out and if Beal sits, you know, it's, I know Bertans will take chucks and threes, but by default, sort of obvious is like the next best option for Westbrook to look to. So I think you gotta, you gotta give him some, some, uh, significance here. So reason I've spent so much time on this first game, Andrew, is I, I think that, you know, other than that, that huge Sacramento, Minnesota game. Uh, this game is definitely deserved of the over-under points. And I wouldn't be surprised. I'll just shoot right out of the gate here. I bet you six of my guys come from this game and the Sacramento-Minnesota game. And I have a couple of one-offs from the other games. Because these two have the potential with the way everything lines up to just be the two monster games on the slate. Yeah, I could end up with that many as well. Um Maybe maybe five or six. We'll we'll see how the news plays out. On the right. Washington side, I do like those starters that you mentioned the most: Russell Westbrook, Avdia, Bertans. Bertans getting back into the mix here after that calf injury. He played 20 minutes, and with Rui out, you know he really should be that guy on the perimeter that Westbrook will look to while he's out there. And he's really cheap on both sites: 3,600, 3,700. Mm. He can be very scoring dependent. But I'm really intrigued with Bertans here tonight, so I'm going to keep playing with that. On the Toronto side, I'll certainly look at Van Vliet if he starts. Uh, If he doesn't, then we got to think about Malachi Flynn. Really cheap. He had a great game last time out. He has not been a good points per minute guy, so you know that's a that's a tricky one. Uh, If he starts, does he just really distribute more, and does Trent get? a ton of shots. OG, like you said, has stepped up. Pascal Siakam. So he's uh, the type of value play that I think could hit value, but he's not necessarily locked in for me if Van Vliet is out. Uh, But I do want to get 
one or two of these Raptors against this awful Washington defense. Yeah, I mean, you almost have to. What about Boucher? You didn't mention him. I, I know he's always sort of an enigma trying to figure out what he's going to do. Yeah. But he can break a slate, you know? I know. What what an X factor he could be. Um, you know, there's a few other centers I like on this slate more that I trust more. But yeah. he's one of those guys that it's scary to fade at that price in what could be one of the two highest scoring games on the slate. I'm with you. All right, game two, New York and Brooklyn. This one should not be as high scoring, but they've had some decent totals. Um, you know, they've, they would have gone over the number the, the last couple of times they've played. It's 216 and a half tonight. Brooklyn favored by four and a half. And we have a lot of question marks on the Brooklyn side, should we say. I would say. <laughs> you know, Durant seems to be getting closer, but I'm going to call right. him highly doubtful today. Harden has the question mark. He's been out a little bit with the hamstring issue. It is a back-to-back for Brooklyn. So does Kyrie sit potentially? And that's that's a big flip there with with Kyrie and Harden. Which one plays, or do they both play? And then how about question marks for Shamit, Tyler Johnson, Blake Griffin? I'm calling questionable since it's a back-to-back. He sat out the last back-to-back. So I'm you know we're gonna we're gonna see how this plays out, but. This is that slow pace with New York and their great defense against a better pace for Brooklyn and their bad defense. Right. Uh, and then Brooklyn's still the number one offense in the league. So um, on the on the New York side, let's start there because it's, it's a little bit simpler. I'm only going to look at a couple of these starters. Um, Randall has absolutely dominated Brooklyn. He's averaged 57 fantasy points in their two meetings. Wow. So... Whether Blake Griffin is out there or Jeff Green, LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't think there's anybody that can stop him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a pretty pretty significant price tag in the 9K range, but he's playable for me. And then Elf Payton, here's the question mark, because uh, talk about inconsistency. Two games ago against your Mavericks, he only got 14 minutes, didn't do much. And then in yeah. 25 minutes against Detroit, he put up 38 fantasy points in the 4K range. Crazy. And we know that Kyrie Irving's not going to lock him down if if Kyrie's out there. So Elf Payton is in play for me. RJ Barrett, uh, you know, he's been a little bit down lately, so he's not my favorite guy. But basically the point is I'm only going to play one of those three starters for New York or I'm not going to play anybody. Those guards got really messy last game with Burks and Quickly and Rose and Bullock getting a bunch of shots, so I'm not I'm not messing yeah. with those guys. It's probably either Peyton or Randall or past the New York side. And on Brooklyn, if Kyrie's the only stud and he's out there, he's he's playable. He's not my favorite guy though. Here, I I'd rather pay up for potentially Westbrook or De'Aaron Fox coming later. So probably won't get to Kyrie. If if I play anybody on Brooklyn, it's probably one of the value guys, and. I think there could be a couple solid value options here because if Harden and Durant are out and Shamit and Johnson and Blake Griffin, then Jeff Green steps up. He's a good price still, especially on FanDuel. He's only 4500 And then on the bench, I think TLC is the main scorer off the bench. He's in the 3K range. I like his potential. And how about the deep, deep sleeper, Alize Johnson? Um GPP option, if all those big guys are out, um, you know, he put up 50 fantasy points against Utah. So he's uh, he's got some good potential. But it would be more likely TLC as the value play. So, uh, you know, potentially, even though it's not a really high-scoring game here, I could have Peyton on one side and somebody like TLC on the other. Interesting. Yeah, you know, for me on this in this game, I really don't care about all this Brooklyn news with Harden and Irving and Gordon or not Gordon, but uh, uh, Griffin. Yeah, Griffin. Oh, Griffin. Yeah, yeah. Because I those guys are all potential sit or play, but I don't, I don't like the Brooklyn side at all. I I mean, there's I think it is a back to back. They're going to use quite a few guys. Um, just really not comfortable against this Knicks defense. I'll tell you, the Knicks slowed down everybody. 
they slowed the Mavericks down in that game to a halt. That game was in the 90s for a while, but, you know, it was just a slow, uh, you know, deliberate game. And that's what Thibodeau plays. And that's why they're, they've won. They're, you know, 500 and in the playoff hunt. So I'm not going to go with those high priced Brooklyn guys. I'm not paying up to, for Harden or Irving, regardless if one plays and one sits. And then, you know, I, it was amazing to me that there's sort of a, a seismic shift here in the rotation for Brooklyn that I noticed in, and watched quite a bit over the weekend. It looks as though Nash is going to play LaMarcus at center yep. and and then Griffin play some center. So to me, DeAndre Jordan is the odd man out. He's like fourth string right now. Mm-hmm. And Claxton isn't even getting the big minutes. So... You know, I think that's a huge difference in strategy, and it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, when everybody's back, playing Harden, Irving, KD, Aldridge, and Griffin, those five. um, Talk about all-star appearances and everything. But it, it seems like that plays more into their offensive game, and they can score outscore anybody. You know, it's not like saying... Hey, can you outscore everybody if you're going to use that strategy? Well, yeah, they can. They're the number one offensive efficient team in the league. So uh, that really downgrades the the interior. The only guy now that I'm going to watch closely, I'm not going to roster him tonight, but LaMarcus Aldridge seems he stepped in first game, no practices, and was like a key player on their team. So I thought that was amazing. I even watched him splash a three this weekend. So He's stoked up and, and reborn, and Griffin looked really good too. So it's funny how these guys can get new life when they get on a team that is good. So uh, anyway, that just I think it's just you know a little messy right now with Brooklyn. Once they get KD back, get some of that rotation set, then I can start looking at them in games where they're playing a poor defensive team. But they're playing the Knicks. You know the Knicks are top four in the league in defensive efficiency. And pace, they just slow it to a screeching halt as the slowest team in the league. The guy that I like, Andrew, and my number one pay-up guy, this is going to be my one-off pay-up guy that's not in those two high-scoring games, and it's exactly what you said, Julius Randle. I I mean, he's murdered this team, and I don't think they have anybody that can stop him. They'll try to throw Jeff Green on him a little bit. They'll try to switch things up, but he's playing great. He wants to be the king of New York, if you will. And, uh, you know, the fans are going nuts for him. And you'll see a lot of Knicks fans. You'll hear them uh, at this Brooklyn game as well. They're, that Even though Brooklyn is the team to beat, in my opinion, the Knicks still own that town. And I just think Randall comes out and rocks this team. And, you know, just I th- I'm going to predict he's the highest scorer on the slate. So there you go. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And as far as, you know, the, the other uh, parts of New York, we, we had gotten um, a decent amount of play over the weeks with Noel when Mitch was out. But now that's changed. It's, it's really a split time with uh, Taj Gibson, who's getting nice minutes. I wouldn't play him, but he's getting nice minutes and finishing games. And like you said, right now, that Knicks backcourt, back it's hilarious. There's, there's six guys that need time and they're all good. I mean, and it seems like the, the fact of the six the guy you'd expect, in my opinion, to get the least shots is Bullock and he had the most shots. So it's bizarre with trying to get, you know, quickly in and Peyton, you know, sometimes he takes a leadership role. Sometimes he, he gets limited minutes. So don't want any part of trying to figure out uh, Tibbs brain on, on that rotation of guards. So, this game was going to be a one-and-done, one-off, but a key, key play for me on this slate, and that's Mr. Julius Randle. Yeah, and I agree with you on the everything you said about Brooklyn and that lineup. Uh, the one tweak I would say is don't forget about Joe Harris eventually, and I think the, the question mark is do they play Duran at the four, and does Blake Griffin come off the bench and back up LaMarcus Aldridge? But the, the other thing about LaMarcus Aldridge and tonight is I wouldn't be shocked if he sits since it's a back-to-back. And I agree with you that DeAndre Jordan is going to be the odd man out, but he might yeah. actually start tonight if if everybody sits. And I, I'm not going to play him, but you know it could just be a really short roster, and then that's why I'm interested in a couple of these bench guys. So um, 
we're going to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of intrigue. There's no doubt about it. All right, I'll jump into game three here. Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, right now, Utah is favored by five and a half. It's a 225 and a half over under. Uh, problem is, two slow paced teams, Dallas 16th, da- uh, I'm sorry, da- Dallas 24th, Utah 16th. And the defense, Utah third, we know they're shut down defenders. And I got I to gotta take my hat off to Dallas. They've, since the All Star break, they went from 25th to 15th in defensive efficiency. So, you know, the, the couple of changes that they made uh, are working, and uh, they definitely are defending better. But part of that is skewed because they played lesser teams than they had played prior. But still, I mean, that's a big jump up. They had dropped one below Brooklyn for a week, if you remember that. So uh, good to see them playing a little bit better. D, uh, the big news here is KB and Josh Richardson, two starters for Dallas, are questionable. And from what I read this morning, I, I think both of them are doubtful in my my brain. So, but they're right now they're designated as questionable. So keep uh, keep with us on uh, in our Discord or on Twitter to to get the final uh, call on those two guys. But in my preparations here, I, I have them both counted as out. So uh, a couple things, uh, Andrew. I and I, I want to get your response to this. I, you know, the last time. Dallas played Utah, uh, Mitchell sat, and Utah just massacred the Mavericks. Now you've got two starters dinged up. They're playing a, a fresh, I should say, you know, Utah team. It's an island game for them. They don't have anybody hurt still. They, they haven't all year pretty much. And I just, don't you think that spread is too low? Am I, I crazy? No. I, I, I thought it'd be an eight-point spread to be at, at, the, at the least. Yeah, because Utah, so, they blow people out in general. And like you said, right. they, they couldn't be more rested. They played Saturday. They only had they only played half the game because they absolutely destroyed Orlando. Yep. And Conley was already resting on the back-to-back. So they're ready to go. You know, and it, it hurts me as a Mavs fan, but I'm, I'm recommending Utah, uh, you know, minus the points because I think they – I think they, you know, lambaste the Mavs. Now, maybe maybe these guys will get ruled in and, and they can step up and give them a game. But it's seen, you know, five and a half is a tiny number. I mean, you can be up three at the end in a close game and get a couple, you know, have a couple fouls you got to take. And all of a sudden it's seven or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I, I it's it's painful. And I'm glad there's a lot of games at seven so I can flip around and I don't actually like have to semi root against the Mavericks, but I, you know, I just don't see them being able to step up in this game. But here's the thing, because I think it's going to be a blowout on the Utah side, which is a bold prediction on a five point spread. And I hope I'm wrong. But uh, from DFS standpoint, I just, I don't like the game. I, I don't like the pace. I think the defense is, is great with Utah and improving for Dallas. Luke is way too expensive, even with KP out. They're just they're going to double them. You know, Snyder's a great coach. They are going to get the ball out of his hands, and you know they have some some good defenders. Defenders Conley and and Royce O'Neal. They'll they'll take turns on with Luca. And I just I don't like the game. I know there's you know if the guys sit, you can be tempted to play a couple of periphery guys for Dallas, but risky against Utah. And then on the Utah side, they just all share the ball so well and. I don't see them having to grind out the last six minutes with Mitchell taking over. So the only play I would consider here, and and I'm thinking of doing it, but I just a little too pricey is Gobert. I mean, he's rested. He's come back now from that injury. He seems to be okay. If they can keep it close enough, I think Gobert is a reasonable play against the Mavericks who struggle against the center position. But mostly, uh, Andrew, I think I'm going to try to pass this game, uh, if at all possible, with Gobert as a, as a possibility if I have the salary. Yeah, Utah is almost a complete pass for me. <clears throat> the only guy I would consider is Gobert, especially in a cash game. But I like the more expensive and cheaper centers a little bit more on this slate. So I think Utah will be a full pass for me. Sure. On the Dallas side, if... Porzingis and Richardson are out, then there's a couple guys I would consider. Boban 
is the first one. If he starts again, right. great price. I mean, he if he starts, he basically gives you 10x as as long as something wacky doesn't happen and he plays 12 minutes because he is an incredible DFS point per minute guy. We love him here. And he is, he is amazing. Although Gobert is the toughest matchup he could possibly get. That's right. the only problem. But but yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, his his points per minutes played are ridiculous. Yeah. And he gets to stand next to him defensively and <laughs> just get all the defensive rebounds. He doesn't have to chase him out to the perimeter. But you're right. right. I mean, Boban usually just absolutely dominates whoever's guarding him in the paint when he gets it. He just, those little baby hooks and yeah. so many offensive rebounds and putbacks where he's just sort of playing by himself at the rim. He won't be able to do that against Gobert. So this is no. the one matchup where I would hesitate a little bit. Yeah, um, me too. The other guys, if if Jay Rich is out, then THJ could be a GPP option or Brunson. He's been really steady here for quite a while now. Uh, yes. THJ really a little bit scoring dependent, but uh, worth a look potentially in a GPP for me. Yeah, and and you know the other thing to reason to fade this game if they do dial up Boban, which they very well may. It it just makes the game even that much slower. I mean, it it really slows down the Mavs when he's out there. He's effective, but they they don't push the ball at all because right. he can't he can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we are going to see the ball pushed a lot in this next one. It is a juicy matchup: Sacramento, yep. Minnesota, Stack City, Stack City, two thirty-five and a half total on BetUS.com.pa. Our presenting sponsor and Sacramento favored by four. And it's an island game for both teams. And yep. both top 10 in pace, both bottom four in defense. And ding, Sacramento... Ding, ding. We have a winner. We do. And Sacramento <laughs> been right around ninth and 10th offensively here for quite a while. So five of the six variables you want. Minnesota's defense, or offense, their efficiency is low. So that's the only thing we don't like. But everything else says, you know, get major ownership here. And... Yeah. For most of my lineups right now, I'm planning to get the two studs on opposite sides here. De'Aaron Fox for Sacramento and the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns for Minnesota. On the Sacramento side, the only uh, injury news here, we've got Hassan Whiteside questionable. And then on the Minnesota side, a lot of the guards are doubtful. D'Angelo Russell is doubtful. He might get back out there. Jalen Noel, doubtful. Rubio, doubtful. And Beasley doubtful that's crazy so let's just assume all those guys are out then jordan mclaughlin is going to be your value point guard as a starter he played 42 minutes in that last game with noel getting banged up um you know he he had solid return and it's a great matchup so he's playable for me uh, the big cat, let me jump right over to him next. He's had six straight games over 50 fantasy points, six straight double-doubles, and it's a great matchup against Holmes and Sacramento. So I like Cat here quite a bit. You could get another starter for Minnesota if you if you really want to stack this game. Anthony Edwards, a little bit pricey, but he, he could do it. Jaden McDaniels is still a fine price around 5K. So I, I probably will have a starter or two minimum for Minnesota. And with Sacramento, like I said, Fox is probably going to be locked in for me. And the the prices on the other wing guys, Halliburton, Heald, are fine. You could go with one of those guys as well. Probably won't get to Barnes or Holmes. Uh, Terrence Davis has been noteworthy off the bench, taking yeah, a bunch of shots. He great. Yeah. yeah. Took 10 threes in the last game. Made seven of them. Uh, you know, decent price. Uh, but... You, you've got McLaughlin on the other side, just a few more hundred uh, on each site, uh, getting bigger minutes and more of an opportunity. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have a ton of exposure here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Fox and Cat? Well, I'm with you on Fox. I think he's one of you know probably my first point guard in. I mean, it's just perfect scenario for him <clears throat> going against a shorthanded uh, Minnesota backcourt. And man, has Fox played well. I mean, if Recently, he's just it looked like an all-star flat out. I mean, just terrific. Um, I, I definitely like Fox. I'm not going to go with Cat, though. I, not that I don't like him. I think he's going to do just fine. I just I mean, I had to make the, the decision if I was going to buy up for Randall or buy up for Cat. I can't do both. 
and I decided on Randall. The only reason is uh, I I respect Holmes' defense. I think he's he's stout enough. You know, he's a little undersized compared to Cat, but you know his positioning is good. I think he can get you know maybe get Cat in a little foul trouble. Cat likes to reach and strip and stuff. So you know that's my theory there. Not real strong, but. You, you can't pay up for everybody. Um, so uh, I definitely love Fox. I, I do like the cheap Terrence Davis's value. I mean, his, I know seven for 10 is not, you know, it's unrealistic and he'll, he's certainly not going to do that again, but just his, his role in the offense and how much he was doing out there uh, all the way around at his price, I think is a nice bargain. So I'm considering him. Um, I always consider Halliburton because I think he's just, he seems like the guy that's ready to break a slate. I know he's had a few good, really good games, but, uh, you know, I'm going to look at him a little bit. The two guys I'm locking in on Minnesota are McLaughlin and Edwards. I think I think McLaughlin might be the, the highest-owned player uh, on the slate at his price with the amount of minutes and against the worst defensive team. I mean, it's just no no-brainer. Uh, to to play him at that price, you just I don't think he can. It's one of those where you have to eat the chalk, even if it's as a blocker, because you know everybody's going to have a cheap guy in there that's probably going to get eight x. Uh, so I like him, and I love Anthony Edwards here. I you know Sacramento's terrible on defense; they give up a bunch of threes. Edwards with all those guys out, you know his eyes light up, and he's he's looking for his next shot. Uh, you know as we're speaking here, so. I think he he gets volume shots up. His athleticism is nuts. If he once he gets it all together, if he stays focused, man, that that dude has impressed me recently. And he can get some you know some good periphery stats, blocks. He gets blocks and and some steals. So uh, I'm real high on Edwards and McLaughlin. Uh, McDaniel's is tempting. I'll give a look at him at that price again. You know. It wouldn't hurt to, to stack three Minnesota guys on a seven-game slate where we have some, you know, uh, churn and, and, you know, fall asleep games like Cleveland, San Antonio, and Detroit, Oklahoma City. So, uh, it, you know, and even New York, Brooklyn, in my opinion. So, you know, going 2v2 two, two two or 3v2 in this, uh, I, I really like. And uh, But the, the definite lock washers for me right now are Fox, McLaughlin, and Edwards. Excellent. Yeah, that one's going to be a, a key game. A lot of fun to, to track that one. Hopefully it'll stay close. And I'm sure it won't be highly owned in, in the DFS space right. out exactly. there. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, All a, right. it is a juicy matchup. Before we get to the next one, Coach, I yes. uh, just okay. want to invite folks to join us this week because it's such a juicy week for, for DFS. Is I mean, that the word of the day, by the way, juicy? It is because we've got the <laughs> Masters this week. We had top 1% lineups on both slates, uh, both sites over the weekend, which was a great tune-up for, for our favorite golf tournament of the year. So make sure to tune into that podcast tomorrow. But, but jump in with us as members this week with all these sports going. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com, grab whichever membership you want. Uh, they're based on length of time, and they all have access to all of our sports. So whichever period you like, three days, week, month, uh, the entire baseball season, uh, you, you name it. So so jo- join at DFSCoachTalk.com or you still see that offer on the bottom of the screen on YouTube for um, um, BetUS.com.pa149. Use the promo code COACHTALK. It has to be your first deposit, uh, but if you use that promo code, then you'll have a free membership with us until June 1st. I'm, I'll sign up. We're, I'm ready. Okay, great. All right, let's, let's hit. The, we've got three games left. Uh, uh, this is the fifth seven o'clock game, I think, right? Or Correct. Sixth. Fifth. Yeah, there's a million of them. Um, so we have got the Detroit Pistons at the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's the, the kind of game that unless your family or friends of the players or you play DFS, this probably isn't the game you're going to tune into with all these other ones going on. But, you know, well, here we go. There still may be some guys to take Detroit's on the first night of a back-to-back. It's only a three-game or three-point uh, spread. It's a paltry 213, though, lowest on the slate. And Ellington and Plumley are out for Detroit, so there might be a, a, a secret squirrel in Isaiah Stewart here. 
We always talk about him. Maybe he gets the long run tonight. Um, and then on the Oklahoma City side, Hall and Roby are uh, out. And our man Justin Jackson, the ex-Mav, is waived today by the Thunder. So, or going to be waived. So, it you know, it, uh, with Dort uh, being uh, still in concussion protocol, I doubt he'll be back. But you have to make sure and get that news. Uh, you know, and then there's other bunch of other guys out the, you know, like the Muscalas and and obviously Shea and and for the other side, Magruder, Okafor, just some of their bench. So both teams are not that deep, but they don't have much that's exciting here. Saban Lee, I, I'm done with him after my one failed attempt to put him in there. I, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. He's not ready. Josh Jackson, maybe, but again, you have no clue what to expect from him. The rookie, Sadiq Bey, is playing like a rookie sometimes and just disappears in stretches. Jeremy Grant is is okay, but expensive. The guy that you know we need to talk about here, I'll certainly play him on DraftKings and Yahoo where you can play more than one center, but it is gut-wrenching to take up your center spot by him, but We've been touting him. Isaiah Stewart is really good. I love the way he plays. He hustles. He's going to get you tons of steals, blocks, uh, you know, rebounds, and he can score the ball. Uh, he runs the floor. You know, at his price, I, I really like him. Uh, I don't know if he'll make my main FanDuel lineup because of the center distinction, but no, he's actually he's, a, today he's a power forward over there. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Okay, he's lock and load. Then I, I take that back. So that's fantastic news. Um, that that's going to help me get that value that I need. So thank you for pointing that out. That's great. So at power forward, I love him. Um, and then again, you can use him at dual positions on on the other on the other sites other than FanDuel. So. Uh, great, great play there. And then on the on the Thunder side, you know, Maladon's been good, and he handles. He's playing big minutes. He's been very, uh, you know, getting to his number. His price has drifted up a little bit, so I'm not sure. McKay Luke's been fine. He's made you know his number quite a bit. I, I, I would think you like him somewhat, but you know, Ty Jerome still sneaking a few minutes from him. You know, we don't we aren't 100 percent sure on the Dort news. I don't expect him to play with the concussion protocol. Of course, you know, he's made my player pool last couple days, and that's Pokashevsky now that he gets decent minutes. He can be considered. And then, of course, Moses Brown. But, you know, his price has gone up so much like crazy. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough to bite that off, but not bad plays. And you're going to get decent minutes for a lot of these guys but it's just they're they're just slotted right behind those two big games for me and so I don't think I'll get a lot of attention here other than Isaiah Stewart but I am tempted what do, what do you think about the thunder today the thunder side of things uh yeah you look at Maladon uh, uh you look at that last game with Detroit and New York Elf Payton had that Great output against Detroit. Nobody could stop him. And so I think Maladon's got the potential kind of likely to fall through the cracks, too, in terms of ownership with right. some of the value guards like McLaughlin. So you get him at low ownership. Um, but because of these other values, I, I probably won't go there much. And Svi is still a good price on FanDuel. He had a real dud last time out. Um, Moses, like you said, is expensive now. And the last two games, they've they've really split the minutes with he and Tony Bradley. Yeah. Uh, so, but could Moses clean up with the extra size against Isaiah Stewart? I think he could. So uh, a GPP option. Um, that's probably about it for me on OKC. Uh, I'm more interested in Detroit with Isaiah Stewart, as you are. Um, love the opportunity for him to start. Uh, and be, you know he's got a great price tag here on both sites, but I don't think it's going to be an easy situation for him because of Moses Brown's great length. Yeah. Uh, I think Stewart's going to have more trouble. You know he has mm. been a good points per minute guy, uh, so he's going to be hard to fade. Um, but I'm a little concerned about how he does against Moses Brown. And then Jeremy Grant, 
is playable for me on FanDuel at 6,400. And I'm, I'm curious about Dort here on the other side. I think he's questionable. I think there's a chance he plays. If right. he does, I think there's a chance he'll spend some time on Jeremy Grant because I think Pokashevsky's too small in terms of, you know, he doesn't have any bulk. Skinny. He's, yeah, the dude's he's, like 7'2". <laughs> yeah, he's really skinny. Um, yeah. His, he can't get low. That center of gravity's just too high. <laughs> right. So I, I think Grant could have a, a strong game if Dort is out. They just don't have a good matchup for him. Right. Um, but it'd be strange to invest in both Grant and Stewart, uh, two power forwards from Detroit. I don't know if I'll do that. So we'll play with that. Um, and then you've got that interesting dynamic of Diallo and Svi having been traded for each other now, That's facing right. off against each other again in OKC. He, Diallo yeah. is pretty expensive, though, for his role and his minutes. And you know what jumped out at me? One of my favorite uh, anecdotes here of, of the slate from the from a box score recently is what Detroit did against New York. For the guys that I consider as guards, there were eight of them that played between 12 and 24 minutes. Oh, Lord. What? Yeah, listen to DFS this. DFS nightmare. Oh, Saban Lee, 13. Josh Jackson, 23 minutes. Frank Jackson, 15. Dennis Smith Jr., 12. Killian Hayes, 20. Ellington, 12. Diallo, 24. Corey Joseph, 17. Now, we're not going to have Ellington in this one, but what a complete mess. I may never play a Detroit guard the rest of the season. That's all I'm going to say. It's tough because you have guys like Josh Jackson who can smash, but he can also have complete duds. So Too risky. I'm with you. It's too risky on those guys. So I'm looking at Grant or Stewart only. And by the way, I do think there's a chance Okafor is back in the lineup and he's he'll play that backup center role, play 18 minutes or so. I think it would make sense that they're going to sit plumbly when Okafor is ready to get back out there. I, I have him listed as out, Okafor, yeah, according look, to Rotowire. I was looking but, at DraftKings and I, I think they've got him as the note said he's questionable and that he might he might be ready to go. Okay. Well, so, just more confusion for that team then. Right, Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move to the last 7 o'clock game. Cleveland in San Antonio to play the Spurs, who are nine-point favorites. Another low total here of 215. Uh, It's an island game for both teams. Big news on the Cleveland side. Question marks for Jarrett Allen, Larry Nance, Dylan Windler. On the San Antonio side, Lonnie Walker and Trey Lyles are out. Gorgie Jang is questionable. Now this Has is he not played for them yet, Gord. I don't he, think he's suited up. Yet. I think he did. I think he played a few. Oh, minutes. did he? Yep. Okay. So slow pace game here. Twenty fifth and eighteenth. These offenses yeah. are thirtieth and nineteenth. Cleveland does have a bad defense. Uh, they're twenty fourth. San Antonio average at thirteenth. So just not a good game environment at all. And we don't know no. what the front court is going to be for Cleveland. Um, love. Uh, had a double-double in 23 minutes. Yeah. Uh, if he starts again, he's 4,600 on FanDuel, which is a little bit interesting to me. But probably if I'm going to play anybody from Cleveland, it's Sexton. Uh, you can have some wing players be productive against San Antonio. He should be the focal point of the offense. Off the bench, Torian Prince played really nicely. But if any of these guys are back, Nance, Allen, um, then I think his minutes will go down and uh, unlikely for him to hit that value again. On the San Antonio side, um, how about Keldon Johnson? You know, this was his 23-21 and 21 game when they played before, yeah. and it was the same starting lineup for San Antonio. It's not like DeRozan was out and he got more shots. It was the same guys you'd expect to start tonight. On the On the Cleveland side, Allen and Nance did start that game, so we could have a different front court. But I don't see Wade and Love, you know, making it that much tougher for Keldon Johnson to hit value, and he's a really good price on both sites. Uh, so he's playable for me. You know, he had another twenty and ten game last time out, so he's trending back in the right direction. Uh, Pirtle needs to be mentioned. You know that he's had four straight double doubles. Yeah, been right around six or seven x. His price has cre- crept up a little bit. Um, but a guy that I think in general gets overlooked, and he's really been been solid lately. But um, in this game, you know, I don't want to get much exposure here. It could be a Keldon Johnson, maybe Kevin Love if Allen and Nance are still out, or I might just pass this one. 
Well, this is easy for me, man. This is by far my least favorite game on the slate. Uh, I feel so much more comfortable just fading the living daylights out of it mm-hmm. because, the, you know, these two teams have stung me on and off through the year when I've decided to take the risk of playing a guy or two, and it just never seems to work out. I mean, uh, Dean Wade is now on that SHIT list that I have with five or six guys, and he's going to stay on it because he didn't do diddly-do. He won't be rostered for me. But, you know, I just I know Sexton Garland at times are, are okay plays, but they do split a lot of the usage, and they're going against a good defensive backcourt in Murray and White. I just see no reason to torture yourself and try to squeeze a game out of Love or even Pirtle or Murray or DeRozan even at his price. It's going to be a slow-paced game with two teams that aren't good offensively and with coaches, especially Pop, that who knows what he's going to pull out of his bag of tricks here. Uh, So I want nothing to do with this game, not even considering anybody, Andrew. That's how much I think it's a, a pass. Okay. All right, last game, and it is the the solo late-night sweat game by an hour. <laughs> it's the Phoenix-Houston game. Is that is that all we have left? That's it. Okay, so I am actually on, on target here. Phoenix by 12.5, so we got our, our big double-digit spread game right here. Uh, you know, does the game blow out or not? Always a possibility with Phoenix. They've played fantastic ball. Even with that big 12.5-point spread, it's only a 219 over-under. So, you know, it seems like Houston games, you could consider high scoring there for a while. They've slowed down a little bit. You know, they've got Avery Bradley in there and Jay Sean Tate. And with Christian Wood back, he's a massive difference for them defensively. So no longer are Houston games like a big target for us because they're just they're, – they're scoring – and offensive uh, or defensive prowess has changed uh, so much with those guys back. So, you know, you look at this game, 26-rated uh, pace for Phoenix. They're going to keep it under control. They're not going to let Houston get out and run. It is a pace-up game for Phoenix with Houston being fifth. Uh, so, you know, the, you can consider some things there. Uh, uh, but then defensively, Phoenix sixth and just getting better and better every game. And Houston, like I say, they're 14th now. So they're a little bit better than the mid-level spot. Uh, and that's because of those guys that I mentioned. Sterling Brown, too. Brown, Bradley, Tate, and Wood. All of a sudden, you got some defenders in there compared to, you know, Gordon and House and some of those guys that can't uh, defend uh, you or me. Uh, so, you know, that that brings me to some some pause there. Um, you know, the good thing is House is is uh, probably going to be out. I saw him get hurt. We know all those other guys are still out. Wall, Nawaba, Gordon, Axum for Houston. Kaminsky and Nader for Phoenix. But Phoenix is, is similar to Utah. Those It's no coincidence that those two have the best records. They haven't had anybody really out or hurt much at all. So... That's a big portion of it. You know, the best, uh, you know, the, the best reliability is availability or whatever they call it. You know, and that's Phoenix and Utah this year. And it's no different. And Phoenix shares the ball. They play good team offense. Chris Paul gets it done, but doesn't really blow any slates up. And Devin Booker, you know, Devin Booker is is playing very great basketball and nobody's really talking about him. But if you look at his stats over the last six weeks or really the whole year, but the last six weeks, he's been as good as anybody. You know, everybody always talks about Harden and Mitchell and, and, you know, these guys and Luca and, but you take a look at Devin Booker's stats. He's really been good, but he's going to get some Avery Bradley defense defense here, I believe. Or, you know, some of this other rotation of Houston guys that can defend pretty well. And, you know, I, I like uh, the, <clears throat> the fact that, that Phoenix plays the style that they play, but it's not conducive to DFS rostering. And we've talked about that multiple times. But we've been able to squeeze in in smaller slates, you know, somewhat of a value guy in Crowder or Bridges or, you know, something like that. But it just, it doesn't add up to me in uh, this game. And <clears throat> with most of my roster being out of those two big games, 
and then a couple of uh, key pay-up one-offs. I just don't have space for anyone here. Christian Wood, I think, is terrific. He's probably the guy that I'd like to put in there, but he's super expensive. Kevin Porter was disappointing the last time, uh, and I just I get concerned with the turnovers and the fact that it's against such a savvy defensive player like Chris Paul. Uh, so, you know, and Porter Porter's price has gone way up. So this game, Andrew, I am not going to have probably any exposure. But, uh, you know, am I wrong or, or what do you think? Well, I feel the same way on the Phoenix side. Uh, the depth and balance there with the higher prices for Paul and Booker probably won't go to anybody on this on the Phoenix side. With Houston, though, if, if Wall is out again, and I think he will be, Porter Jr. is in play for me still. He's been great on back-to-backs, and I yeah. know he had a bunch of turnovers last night, but um, you know the price tag is, is, is okay for me with the opportunity to run the show. And it's not a great matchup, but you know, just I, I think I want to take advantage of the, the lower ownership because of the bad game last game and because of this matchup sure. to, to have some exposure to him. And I also, I also am struck by the low price of Sterling Brown still, who's yeah. more of a GPP option, but 3900 on FanDuel for a guy who, when he starts, he can get you 30 fantasy points, uh, mm-hmm. I think is, is worth looking at. And then I'm also curious wh- what they do with that fifth starting spot if House is out. Do they go big, double big with Kelly Olynyk, or or not? Um, you know, Kelly O's been playing some some ball. He you know? really has. He really has. Uh, so he's worth looking at. It's tough though, as a, he's another center on Fanduel. Yeah. So because of the position, I, I probably won't get to him. But I probably focus more on the starters, and I, I probably will have some exposure to Porter Jr. and Brown. Very nice. All right, well, that wraps up the seven-game slate. Hopefully, it's a very nice night for all of you out there with your lineups. If you want to grab ours, then jump in as members. On Fandle, we give out full lineups every night, cash lineups, the GPP lineup. Coach makes the full Yahoo lineup. And then we have the DraftKings Coach's Clipboard to get you ready on DraftKings. So any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. You can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. And if you like what you've heard today, we'd love it if you would subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already, or at least give the thumbs up on the way out. Coach, any final thoughts here? Watch out for Baylor tonight. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going with the dog. All right. Yeah, it should be fun. And uh, definitely, I'll at least catch the second half of that one as a after we get this uh, NBA slate wrapped up with hopefully a bunch of winners. So thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to join us tomorrow for basketball and golf as we look to crush it in DFS.